You're listening to The Weekly Brew with Austin Stepp, Jeremy Paxton, and Hunter Atkins. It's time to sit back, relax, and be informed. Welcome to episode 138 of the Weekly Brew Podcast. My name is Austin Staten. Join alongside Jeremy Paxton. And Jeremy, this is our first podcast that we've recorded since July 2nd. After you've recorded for almost every single week for two and a half years, you kind of need a little bit of time off. And that's what we did. But we're back because it's college football season. The NFL season is here. Jeremy, I've seen you in the last two months, but I haven't podcasted with you in the last two months. What's yeah. going on? I know our listeners want to know everything that's going on with your life, man. I, I don't think they want to know everything that's going on with my life. Fair, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, fun story. I'm getting married in April, which is well, we knew that. Yeah, I mean, but in case our listeners are joining in for the first time, they don't know that. Fair, yeah. Fair. So I'm getting married in April. What, what's his name? Uh, well, we're gonna have a stormtrooper wedding. You know, okay. Star Wars. We're, right. gonna, we're gonna be dressed as stormtroopers. Gonna I like have Dar- it. Darth Vader marry us. Yeah, that makes no, sense uh, with the podcast culture. right? Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. we're there's total, a lot of like nerd cast out there. I think that fits the vibe. <laughs> it's funny. I was in Detroit recently, and um, what and, were you doing in Detroit? Not not of my own. It was, it was for a wedding. Okay. Um, it was uh, yeah, it was not in a dilapidated warehouse or anything. Because there's a lot of those <laughs> in Detroit. No, but there was a uh, there's a Comic Con there um in detroit and it was actually really cool seeing all the different cosplay actors or did you, know, you go whatever. to the comic con we uh or were we you hov- just like in the same area we hovered outside of it and we kind of looked at all of the um interestingness that was walking into and out of the comic con but i didn't even like, know they did that outside of san diego yeah so they have a comic con that comes to houston actually and there are all these you know is it like just a tour basically uh yeah kind of and, and the, the the mecca of it is san diego I think so. I think that that's the big one. You know, kind of like their gaming conventions everywhere. Interesting. The big one is like E3 or whatever. So, anyways, we did that, and uh, I got to got to see, I guess, some minor celebrities. You know, like if uh, if you were a fan of like '80s and '90s sci-fi, you know, like I think some of the actors from like Xena Warrior Princess were there signing okay. autographs for twenty bucks. So, whatever. But um, other than that, I haven't been up to too much. Wedding planning is a lot more involved than you. Th- think it is like it's it's crazy how much you all do. i know is two words happy well four words <laughs> <laughs> happy wife happy wife just ha- let her do it all a- absolutely well uh happy happy fiance happy uh i don't know i gotta find something that rhymes with that but yeah she's she's been doing a lot of the work um i gotta find the dj that's my only job i can do that for you that's my only job i gotta find the dj uh, but other than that we got the church we got the venue so it's all it's all working out all right but so wedding a season side you've got to get through football season first right gotta uh, get how through. stoked are you that college football and the nfl are back you know it's it's kind of been weird um i've been so much of a fair weather astros fan which means that i've been rooting for them and paying attention to them all season long um and you are wearing an astros hat i am and an astros shirt i like the astros shirt by the way that that's very houston with the whole nasa theme yeah it's uh houston we have a champion with the astronaut planning the astros flag on the moon so the the astros are, are kind of they've they've I, I they have commanded my attention all season long, even in the dry spells. Um, I have been to more Astros games in the last season than I probably have in the last five years combined. I'm such a proud friend. I know, right? Well, it's it's it, but but they've been interesting to watch. Um, they force me to pay attention, and that's to their credit. And I think for any sports franchise that is on the rocks, like. Even if you're not very good, you need to give the fans a reason to pay attention to you. I think the only fan base in which that's probably not true is the Chicago Cubs. Like, right? I mean, year in and year out, they can suck, and people will still go to Wrigley, you know, for for, for just the tourists. 
aspect of it, right? Or, you know, just day baseball, that sort of thing. But I, I totally agree with you. I mean, yeah. if the Astros suck, people aren't going to go to games. Right, exactly. Well, and there's this thing in sports, in our culture, where it's like uh, commentators and lay people like to slam fan bases that don't, that aren't passionate about their teams when they're losing. And it's like, well, how can you be? I don't know if this is something that's been said before, but the reason that I've been so into the Astros is even when they've lost, they've been a really fun team to watch. Um, of course, they're doing really well right now. We've got a little less than a month left of baseball. Got a really interesting series coming up with the Yankees. Um, and then, of course, we're closing out the season there uh, with the Orioles. But, I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to watching this team uh, in, in the playoffs. But, um, but yeah, I, I really haven't, going back to football, I really haven't paid a lot of attention to football. But here it is. The first week of college football just happened. Um, yeah. Between you and I, our Baylor Bears won against an FCS team. Yes. <laughs> Which is not as easy as it sounds. I mean, it's, look at Kansas losing to Nickel State in overtime this past Hey, weekend. you know what? If you're, if you're a Kansas fan, man, you are long-suffering. I think <laughs> uh, I think David Beatty's in the running right now to be the first coach out I, before the end I of the saw, season. I saw a stat on The Athletic that came out on Sunday, and it said that uh, Beatty has more losses to FCS teams then he has wins against FBS teams. And for our listeners that don't know, FBS is football uh, bowl uh, division, or FBS is football bowl game subdivision, something like that. That's like your Power 5 schools, the teams that can play in the bowl right. games, national it's, championship. It's, it's D1. Yeah, right. your, your yeah. FCS is formerly Division One AA. So like your Sammy Houston States, SFAs, uh, Abilene Christian. Liberty. Uh, Liberty, yes. They are moving up to big-time college football, but they're, I think, in the independent phase right now. But really quickly on the Astros, you did just mention the Astros. Upcoming games, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, they play the Twins here at home before going on the road to Boston to take on the Red Sox. Then on the road to Detroit, they come back for a, uh, a nine-game homestand against the D-backs, Mariners, and Angels, and they close out the season with uh, road games at Toronto and at Baltimore. I will actually be at that uh, Baltimore series, so it should be a lot of fun. But, you know, the the college football season's here, NFL season's here. We're going to get into that in just a second. But uh, if you want to follow our work, uh, just know that uh, you can, of course, search us on Weekly Brewcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, YouTube. Also, uh, we're excited to announce that we do actually have a, uh, a new sponsor. And, Jeremy, you know that I am a degenerate when it comes to gambling, right? I mean, every single college football season, yeah, every single NFL uh, season, I'm betting on games. Three interventions, two including your very poor family, and yeah, you, yeah. you just can't get you to stop. Yeah. It's terrible. Well, I have a new opportunity for you, and that's with uh, our friends at BetDSI.com. Uh, you know, they've been paying winners for over 20 years. Uh, it's one of the top, uh, you know, rated gambling sites out there, sports betting sites out there. And, you know, with the uh, Supreme Court uh, essentially uh, saying that, you know, in the next few years, uh, it, it's going to be left up to the states. So gambling is going to become even more and even more intricate to, uh, you know, our, our, our sports fandom. Uh, BetDSI.com has you covered. Uh, it's, it's very easy just to go online, download their app from the uh, the Apple Store, the Google Play Store. Uh, you know, they have really, really quick payouts. Uh, you know, some sites uh, or bookies, you know, it takes sometimes months to get your money. That's not the case with uh, BetDSI. Uh, and, you know, if you don't want to bet on football, that's fine. You don't want to bet on baseball, that's fine. You can bet on reality TV. You I was can bet say, on esports. You can bet on politics. It's got, I was, yeah, it has a tab just for me. You can bet on politics. <laughs> the political odds right now, uh, Donald Trump's impeached by the House during the first term. You can bet on that. 
You can also bet on his impeachment before November 3rd, 2020, when his first term is up. So really interesting uh, prop bets here, really interesting layout overall. If you're not into gambling, which I am not, I can actually look it at this site. It makes it fun, though. Exactly. I can, as a layperson, I can look at this and, and get and get the gist of what's going on, and it's accessible. Yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing is you can also bet on live games. For example, you're watching the Texans this week against the Patriots. You could say that, I don't know, there's probably going to be a prop bet up there about how many times will Tom Brady complete a pass in the second half. You can bet on that. But uh, if, if you want to, we really encourage you to go to uh, BetDSI.com. Uh, use our promo code BREW101. First time deposits get a 101% bonus match on your money up to $1,000. Uh, Jeremy and I both play there, BetDSI.com. Uh, if you want to you know, share some of the excitement, share some of the money, share some of the winnings, uh, go to BetDSI.com and use our promo code BREW101. Again, you get a 101% bonus up to $1,000. It's only a game until you bet it at BetDSI. So, Jeremy, uh, we're definitely happy to have our uh, partners BetDSI as we, uh, you know, uh, come back from uh, break here. But, uh, you know, the NFL season starts on Thursday night. Uh, Texans open things up in New England uh, this Sunday on the road. Deshaun Watson's back. J.J. Watt's back. Clowney's back. Merciless is back. Exciting times here in Houston. You know, just... Since we last spoke, you know, you've got Carmelo Anthony, who is now part of the Rockets. Rockets looking to knock off Golden State. Astros, ahead of the pace they were last year when they won the World Series in terms of win-losses. Now they're in a playoff push against Oakland, who is pesky, right? I mean, they're staying close. In they're the scrappy, yeah, class. yeah. And then there's a lot of high expectations for the Texans this year. So if you're a Houston sports fan, it's the golden era of Houston sports right now. See, I, I, I always, I, I'm always so weird about that term "golden era" because I don't feel like you can say an era is golden until you look back at it and compare it with everything else. I think else. we're living in it. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think so. If the Astros win, because it could, people could have said the same thing about Houston in the mid '90s when the Rockets were winning but titles. There's always the asterisks that people outside of the city want to put up there because uh, you know the Rockets didn't beat you know Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls to win those NBA titles. So. I don't know. I feel with as good as the uh, well, you know, go back to that '90s as well, mid '90s. The Oilers were about to leave, heading to Tennessee. That's, tr- that's true. That's Astros, true. you know, '94 was the strike year. Uh, you know, granted, Bagwell won the MVP that season. Uh, there was not a lot of excitement about baseball, right? It seemed that there was so much greed among the players, greed among the owners. They couldn't cooperate, and the sport almost died. And here we are now, World Series champions, making another run at the postseason. High expectations for Texans. Rockets, again, expectations. I, I don't know. I think it's got to be the golden era. Uh, it's, that's a fair assessment to make. I think what will make it the golden era for Houston is if we have to plow our way through baseball royalty again. You know, you got the Yankees. You've got the Red Sox that are going to be, you know, far over 100 games, it appears, um, being at the top of their division. Uh, we have some really good teams this year. So if the Rockets can get it together and if the Texans just can stay healthy, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we have, we have Deshaun Watson, um, who was a great fantasy pick last year for, you know, for that, you know, first, uh, what, first third of the season or something like that. And then he got hurt and then it was done. And I think with an injury prone guy like 
Watson. It's going to be a risky gamble for the Texans this year. I mean, it's not, and it's not just him. It's it's all over the place, right? We got Clowney, we've got Watt. Well, you know, just what we saw last year with with Carson Wentz going down in Philadelphia, right? You need an adequate backup quarterback if you want to go far because injuries happen so often to your starting quarterbacks. It could happen in Week One, could happen in Week Seventeen. Uh, so you know, uh, the Eagles with Nick Foles having him as a, an adequate backup that was really important. So you've got to ask yourself if you're uh, a Texans fan. Is Brandon Whedon the guy that's going to take you to the promised land if Deshaun Watson gets hurt? I don't think so. I don't feel that. Well, you know, it's the same thing. We got what Alfred Blue at running back too, right? I mean, right. I, that doesn't make me feel great either. Right. I mean, so he, he, he's not going to be your starting running his, back. His yeah. glory days are are behind him. Were they ever? Were, well, you know, days? he he had some moments. He had some moments. Remember, you remember, I, I've I've watched. You know, the Texans go back to the 12 season he wasn't terrible and you know back when um i can't even remember his name now our quarterback our wayward quarterback matt schaub matt schaub david sorry Carr. sorry I, I i try i try to scrub matt schaub's a name out of my mind almost successfully there but um yeah i mean we, we, some of these players had better times right but uh right now it's just it's it's the team is fragile they don't have a solid backup and my question heading into the rest of the, you know to this season is if the texans do get if if those key players do get hurt, if uh, things do not pan out for Watt, for Watson, uh, what happens to Bill O'Brien? At he the stays. Season? He, just signed a contract. So? he just signed a contract extension. Well, I know, but I mean, it, but still his, but there's been a lot of talk for a long time about, yeah, but part of that was the beef with, uh, you know, the general manager position, right? I mean, now they have a new general manager and Brian Gain. And so I think you're going to see uh, Bill O'Brien stay around for a, a, at least two to three more years i think uh, i mean he's under contract he's not i don't think he's going anywhere i don't i don't don't think so at all do you think he's the right guy to lead houston i think deshaun watson is the right quarterback and if deshaun watson stays healthy then bill o'brien is the right guy to lead houston that's fair I, I, i've just, I've just always thought bill o'brien I, I did some thinking about this i thought bill o'brien should be a college coach oh no i think so i don't think so i think so i think he's always he's been not better. a rah-rah type guy well, but you don't necessarily need a rah-rah type guy. I mean, pretty much every college coach is a rah-rah type guy except Nick Saban. I was going to say, like the way to, one of the, the best college coach of, uh, of, of our era, right. arguably. I mean, but, you know, I think, I think uh, you know, for example, Art Bryles, he was a rah-rah type guy. Uh, you know, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Kevin Sumlin. I mean, it's a different mindset to coach 18 to 22-year-olds than it is to coach grown men who are getting paid millions of dollars. Well, sure. And there's no, I mean, it's two, it's two different games. Oh, know, absolutely. It's two completely different games. So I'm not going to argue Have you that. watched any of the preseason this year? I've tried to, but unsuccessfully. It's been hard. I mean, yeah. you know, with the NFL, they, they, they made some rule changes in the offseason, most notably with uh, kickoffs, uh, you know, uh, on, on special teams kickoffs. They right. cannot run until the ball is kicked. Yeah, that's not that big of a deal to me. Uh, but some of the helmet contact, right? I mean, right. It, it just seems like they're flagging things that are, you know, just they, they it doesn't look like unsportsmanlike conduct or targeting or anything like that. But we're seeing it called this year. There was something interesting in the Baylor game that I noticed that uh, – was really surprising to me. A uh, Abilene Christian uh, on, I think it was their second or third uh, kickoff return. Uh, their return man called for a fair catch at the two yard line. And if you did that in past years, called for a fair catch at the two yard line, the ball was down at the two yard line. And uh, this year, you get the ball at the twenty five yard line. It's ridiculous to me. It's like, why, why even kick off? And I think that's what we're moving away from in college in the NFL. You know, from a, a safety perspective, from concussions, I think we're moving away from kickoffs. Right. Well, there was, uh, you know, there, 
you know, the, the insiders, the people who run this, this game from the top down, they, they kind of they're sort of reading the tea leaves here. Um, youth participation in football is down again in yet another year. Right. Um, and that all points to, I mean, I can say that from where I work, I work with kids, uh, there really isn't a waning uh, interest in the sport, but parents are more reluctant to put their kids, especially at the younger ages, like at the peewee age, range they're they're really reluctant to put their kids in a position where they're going to hit their head a lot yeah obviously so you know i what have you heard from from baseball because there was some statistics that actually came out uh this past week to show that youth participation in baseball is at its highest level since 2007 and it was really it's really interesting if you if you looked at the charts 2007 was peak 2008 it goes down 2009 it goes down 10 11 it goes down and then 12 13 14 you know it, it starts to make this like u shape and right now, it's the highest since 2007, which, uh, you know, baseball had lost a lot of the youth. But is it because of concussions that baseball is becoming more popular? There's, is it because of, you know, having young talent infused in, in the game, like, you know, an Alex Bregman type or uh, Jose Altuve, who makes the game exciting for those young kids? Um, I think it's probably a combination of things. I think the parents, you know, when I when I talk to parents, they are all about trying to find things to do for their kids. You know, they want the kids to be involved in something in team sports. They believe that that's good for them. I I do too. But um, yeah, I, I think that that's probably a big part of it. Because in the past, you know, we we live in the on, we live in the on the buckle of the football belt, right? Mm-hmm. You know, here Absolutely. Houston, this, this area is a huge recruiting ground for universities all across the country, especially the SEC. And uh, what I'm what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing is that parents are just a lot more reluctant. And we're talking about their big kids too, the kids that would normally be playing like on the lines, linebackers, you know, uh, the tall, lanky kids who'd be receivers or safeties. They're putting them in soccer and baseball. I don't think soccer is a great brain sport either, but well, it's, it's not. The, the numbers show you that it's not right, and it's uh, but it's not as um, contact heavy as football is. It is. That's the thing. Like you know, the the heading the ball. That's just as bad as as football. But, I agree. But the thing I agree. Is you're not wearing pads. You don't see all those violent collisions. So it appears that it's not as bad. But it, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was talking to a coworker who works in uh, Chicago, and uh, she was telling us that junior highs in Chicago in the greater Illinois area, they only play flag football. Yeah, that didn't surprise me. I mean, I, that, that, that's what I did in middle school, but it wasn't because of head injuries. It was because we weren't equipped as a school to do contact football. But that would not surprise me if flag football took precedence at a younger age I mean, we already uh, until see you that get it's a, to high school. Yeah, we, I mean, we already see that flag football is huge during the summer months, during seven-on-seven right. seven football. That's why we have so many pass-happy offenses uh, you know, uh, in college and in, in the state of Texas. Is because of the emergence of seven on seven football, and I, I think it, it was interesting this week at the at the at the Baylor game. You know, we were talking about tailgating and what is football going to look like in twenty years? You know, is there going to be the same pageantry that it is now? I mean, is the sport going to be the same? Are people going to be as interested, wanting to spend thousands and thousands of dollars per season to watch their favorite team? I don't think so. You know, it's. Well, okay. Let, let, let's think about where football is now. I mean, is is the football of 2018? Is the college? Let's say the college football is a good indicator, right? Is the college football of 2018 with all the rule changes, with um, some of a lot of the scandals too that have brought down yeah, Ohio State, a lot of Baylor, coaches, State, programs. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the scandals that have brought down programs and, and sort of the what we might call the Me Too era. Um, is the twenty is the the football as a sport in college and at the professional level of 2018 the same football five years ago? 
And I would say no. I would say that it, it is, has contracted as a sport and that interest in it is down. And let's not forget the NFL with the whole kneeling controversy. Yeah, we'll yeah. get into that in a yeah, minute. There's I mean, some big news that came out on Monday with uh, Nike and Colin Kaepernick. We'll get into that in just a minute. But yeah, I, I think the state of college football and NFL, it's something to continue to watch. I mean, it, it's, it's going to change. Well, I think the, 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 the face of American sport is going to change. And it's always changing. Is we just e-sports don't. the next thing? Esports, yeah, it's a really fun question. Uh, I actually watched a uh, Overwatch tournament on TV for like 20 minutes the other day. I had no idea Overwatch tournaments were on TV. But I don't even was. know what Overwatch is. Overwatch, it's, uh, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's like an Unreal tournament type game where you're is like Is it like competing. Call of Duty or something? Sort of. Sort of. You're, you're, you're shooting and there's some strategy and they have like players and teams from across the world come compete in it. I think it's boring, but there's some people that get really into it. Interesting. Obviously, it's on television, so there's some marketability in it. That's crazy. Advertisers are paying for it, but in any case, yeah, I mean, sport will change, and to your point about baseball, I, like, when I have kids, if that happens one day, they are playing baseball, they are not playing football. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. Um, all right, so let's let's go ahead and recap really quickly the uh, the first week of the college football season. Alabama, ranked number one in the country, uh, blows out Louisville, fifty one to fourteen. Uh, it looks like they don't. I, I mean, Nick Saban's going to tell you that he's going to play both quarterbacks, but it looks like Tua is the guy at quarterback for for Alabama. But uh, Alabama, the tide just continued to roll. No pun intended. Uh, it's their seventy fourth consecutive win against an unranked opponent. Uh, you know, dating back to nineteen nineteen thirty six. So uh, you know, it, the, the Crimson Tide look like they are the class of the SEC again. Uh, Michigan Notre Dame I thought that was a game that I I, I thought Michigan could win but Notre Dame's defense uh, you know just stifled him but uh, you know there are two games that really surprised me uh, Jeremy and feel free to chime in the first one Oklahoma against Florida Atlantic uh, Florida Atlantic is, uh, you know, Lane Kiffin's team. They they closed uh, last year with the, uh, I believe, the longest uh, winning streak in the country, or one of the longest winning streaks in the country. Granted, they did lose their offensive coordinator in Kendall Bryles. Uh, they had a lot of talent, especially at the skill positions returning. And, uh, you know, Oklahoma losing Baker Mayfield, uh, losing some talent, uh, you know, throughout their team. I, I thought that with that game, uh, FAU, I think, was a 21-and-a-half-point underdog in that game. I thought that FAU, with all that talent, being a new quarterback in place at Oklahoma, I thought that they could cover that game. I thought that the game would be a lot closer uh, than it was, and ultimately, I was way wrong. Uh, it was yeah, like sixty-three uh, to fourteen. Sixty-three to fourteen, yeah. wrong. Yeah, I was. I was shocked. I mean, Kyler Murray, who was just drafted, uh, you know, I think number eight overall by the Oakland Athletics got paid $4 million, is somehow playing college football this year. I don't know why the A's are allowing him to do that, but he looked phenomenal against Florida Atlantic. So Oklahoma, I think right now they're the class of the uh, uh, of the Big 12. And, uh, you know, there was another game that surprised me, and that's Texas against Maryland. I think the hype around Texas and Tom Herman this year was that, uh, you know, this was going to be the year that Tom Herman takes them to the next level. They were going to go out on the road. Texas and, and is ma- back, you guys. Yeah, they were hey, going to go back on the Texas road. Texas is back. Have the revenge game against Maryland, and they lose. And they lose to the Turtles. 34-29. Are they Turtles or Tortoises? I don't know. Terps. Terrapins. They're, they're, are they, I don't know. what the, Are those sea turtles? It's, it's like a fighting turtle it's an east coast thing whatever yeah okay so i was looking at college football and what i thought was interesting is just how bad i say they're how bad they're not bad they're mediocre uh the pac-12 their playoff hopes just went down the drain against auburn with auburn and washington i thought washington was going to come out and end up winning that game 
but they lost 21-16. to There is no chance. Washington would have to go undefeated the rest of the season to even have a chance. I don't, I don't even think they have a chance. No, I mean, well, they you, don't. Well, they, You look at it. USC didn't look good. Stanford didn't look good. UCLA there has not been a two-loss team in the playoff yet. Well, there has, and it was Alabama. But that's, well, okay, <laughs> but that, that's no, but, 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 but they're, they don't, they're not they're the exception that proves the rule, Al- yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, Alabama's in its own what, class. When a non it's, right, when a non top tier SEC team can yeah. get in, we with, should just rename the college football playoff the Alabama Invitational. Alabama <laughs> and the three best. How teams. sad is that? How sad? Uh, something needs to change. This is just <laughs> terrible. I hate talking about this. But but no, the 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 Pac twelve is going to have yet another year where they don't make the college football playoff. Um, and I think if you're a Pac twelve fan, I think you have to ask yourself um, what's going on in your conference. I mean, I remember the days of. Uh, when Oregon was at top, when you had what was it, Chip Kelly? I mean, yeah. leading you know, arguably the best offense in college football, and they were just completely dominant. They were always in the talk every year for the BCS, um, and now you've just got a lackluster conference. Whether it's UCLA, USC, Oregon, Washington, Washington's a good team, but you can't you, you can't lose that top ten matchup and expect to be considered when uh, when it comes to the end of the season. Yeah, you know, there is another game that did really impress me, and that was uh, number twenty five LSU. Uh, in a neutral site game against Miami. Uh, Miami was three-and-a-half-point favorites going into that game. They ended up getting blown out by the Tigers, 33-17. to 17. I thought thought LSU's defense uh, looked really, really good. And, of course, the uh, the running back, uh, Nick Brochette, Brosette, it's, it's a Cajun name, not really sure how to pronounce it. He looked good, 125 yards, 5.7 yards per carry, two touchdowns. Uh, man, that SEC West, I think it's going to be good. The entire conference won on their opening weekend. And, of course, this week you've got the big battle uh, between Clemson taking on uh, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher. Oh, man, college football's back. I'm, I'm just in love, Jeremy, in love with college football. I'm in love with um, the Big 12 this year. I think that they're a real contender for the college football playoff. Um, I'm really looking forward to some of these games. I don't think uh, you know any of these teams are going to be you know quite as good at, towards the end. But I, I, I'm actually I'm really hopeful. I, was, I really like the way that uh, TCU was looking. Yeah, they look good. And really looking forward to that Ohio State game. West Virginia looked really good against Tennessee. Yeah. Um, which they got a Heisman candidate at quarterback. Potentially. Yeah, I think so. Yes, absolutely. And, um, of course, you know, don't count out your sweet little Baylor Bears. I think we're heading for maybe a three, four win season if we're lucky. <laughs> But uh, you how know, times I'm, have changed. I'm setting, my, I, I'm setting my sights pretty low so I don't Jeez, get Jeez, when hurt. we first started this podcast... We were talking about can Baylor beat the college football playoff, and now we're talking can Baylor beat Kansas? <laughs> yeah. Baylor Kansas gonna be real barn burner this year. September twenty second. Make sure you're you know, there. Uh, you know what? Here, here's what I'm looking for. So last year uh, we played UTSA and lost. Yep. Um, if this they weekend. can come out, if they can come out, you know, this weekend beat UTSA, show that they're competent because giving up what was it, twenty one points to Abilene Christian that did not twenty seven. Yeah. Sorry, twenty seven. I, I confuse my one with my seven sometimes. Um, you know, offense looked good. You were at the game, yeah. If, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, for I, at least part I, of it. Yeah, the offense I think looked fine. Uh, Jalen McClendon I thought looked very, very good at quarterback. He's a transfer from uh, I believe North Carolina State. Man, he looked good. Hey, Jalen Hurd. Yeah, Hurd looked good. There was Didn't like there, there was a Jalen to Jalen connection at one point for the first touchdown of the game. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a lot to be excited about on the offensive side for Baylor. I think they've got great running backs. The offensive line to me looked a little bit better. I think they're going to have a tougher test as they play bigger guys and you know not just oh yeah without not just uh, you know uh, Abilene Christian, but you know uh, you know just kind of looking at their schedule. 
uh, you know, coming up here in the next few weeks. They've got UTSA coming up. That should, in theory, be a win. Uh, they've got a home game against Duke uh, on September 15th. You would like to win that game. Uh, it's, a, it's a toss-up. And then, uh, you know, they, they go on the road, play Kansas. Uh, September 22nd. No, that's a home game. September Color 22nd. me shocked if we come away for, I say we, sorry, uh, if Baylor comes away 4-0 heading into the rest of the season. Yeah, well, and, and the rest game. of the season begins, really, I think September 29th at Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. So if, if you're comparing, you know, sort of the storied Arbrow offense with what they're doing right now, I saw, I saw McHasty running in for, what, two or three touchdowns yeah. is on the highlight reel. looked like they were keeping it on the ground. Do you think that this is an offense that's predicated on the run to set up the pass? Or? Well, I, well that, that was the Arbrow system. Right. It right. was, it you, was, in other words, how, how, how substantively has it changed? Uh, well, it's not as fast as the Art Bryle system. They're not rotating as re- receivers as much. Um, it's similar in that it's a spread offense, and they're doing the same thing in terms of trying to use the run to establish a passing attack. And that's what a lot of people kind of misunderstood about Art Bryle's system is that they thought it was pass-happy, pass-happy. But if you actually look at the numbers, Baylor was basically 50-50 at run-pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I think the thing is is I don't know that this team is as ex- explosive offensively because it seemed like Baylor under Bryles could score. They spread the ball out so much that if needed to, they could score in forty five seconds from anywhere in the field. Right. I don't know that this team's capable of that. Uh, I think they're better than like the guy Morris years. I would maybe put them on par with like maybe the first or second year under Bryles, right? Where you still have a lot. Uh, of, of talent, you just don't necessarily have that depth and that that knowledge of the system. I, I think Rule is the right guy for Baylor uh, this year. I, I say a successful season is five six wins, uh, and then if you can improve upon that next year with anywhere between seven and eight wins, I think you're in good shape. But if I think if if he continues to show that improvement, I think Matt Rule's gone. Coming off a one win season, I think four wins is a win for yeah. me. I, the, th- I think four, is, four to five wins is conservatively. Yeah, I, I agree. But in, if he does that this year and then next year he gets seven, eight, seven to eight wins or you know anything better than that, I think he's gone. I, I, I don't think Rule's going to be here. I think his aspirations are similar to what Bill O'Brien did at Penn State, where his next stop is the NFL. And if he continues to show progress at Baylor like we think he can, he's not long in Waco. Right. Well, and there was always always the rumors uh, with the Colts job that he had interviewed right. or was talking or something like that. Um, but again, you know, these coaches, they're they're mercenaries, so they're going to go where the money is. Where that, I, don't, uh, I don't blame them. Yeah, I don't either. But uh, let's hope for a good season this year. Let's hope uh, let's hope for a bowl game at least. Yeah, well, let's definitely hope for that. But all right, let's talk a little uh, NFL football real quick. Uh, Texans again open against the Patriots uh, this Sunday at noon in New England, uh, and then they have another road game September sixteenth against the Titans before finally opening up the uh, the regular season at home against the Giants on September twenty third. Uh, high expectations for the Texans. Uh, you know, I think that they can uh, push for the playoffs. It's it's kind of weird because the AFC South has been kind of looked at as the uh, uh, the redheaded stepchild of the NFL for the last several years. But this year, it looks like you could potentially have three playoff teams coming out of the AFC South and both the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Titans. It's it's up for anyone to grab. Uh, but Jeremy, you know, we're not going to dive into a full NFL preview despite, you know, the big news of Aaron Donald getting that contract extension over the, over the week to make him the highest paid player. And then 30 hours later, later, Khalil Mack gets traded to the Bears for two first rounders and is then the highest paid player. Aaron Rodgers getting, uh, you know, the most expensive quarterback contract. We're not going to dive into all of that because I feel it's been covered by other outlets uh, this week. There's just this absurd amount of money going around in the NFL. But let's go ahead and make our Super Bowl prediction real quick. 
if, you, if you're putting money down right now on who plays in the Super Bowl and who wins, who do you have? That's really hard. Um, like the Vikings. And I'm going to have to go with... I like the Vikings. I don't, I don't like the Pats' chances. I'm going to say Vikings and the Saints. Those are my two. I can't, I can't well, narrow it down see, to one. That's not possible because they both play in the same conference. Well, no, it's what I'm saying. Well, uh, uh, no, no, no. I'm not saying both of them together. I'm saying if I'm <laughs> picking one to be a Super Bowl champion. All right, so pick your pick your okay, NFC so, champ. Pick your NFC champ and your AFC champ, and who wins the Super Bowl? Mm, oh gosh, I'm gonna have to go with the Minnesota Vikings. And you think they get it done with Kirk Cousins? I think so. I think I mean, he's they've got, got a great defense. Yeah, he's, they've got a great defense. I think he's experienced enough. I, I don't think that, that he's going to be too much of a of an issue. I do like the Vikings. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can pick. Um, I don't know if I can pick the other one right now. You don't know if you can pick an AFC team. Nope. Just go with the default. Go with the Patriots. I'm not going to pick the Patriots. I'll prove otherwise. I want to. You know what? Titans. Why not? All right. Interesting. Titans. All right. All right. Titans, Vikings. So I'm, I'm going to go uh, a little bit different here. I'm going to go Jaguars out of the AFC. Why? Oh, my gosh. I just think, why? They, I think they have a great defense. No. They've got a great running back, Leonard Fournette. I think Blake Bortles is going why, to get why, better. Why would you allow yourself it's to... It's a hot to, take. It's a hot it take. It is a hot take, but, it, but, it's a, but it's a hot, stinky take. It's, I it's, don't know. It, I mean, they were, they were, smells they were bad. 50 seconds away from doing it last year. Yeah, okay. All right, whatever. I, I, just, I hate the Jaguars as a, as a team. All right, so that's my, that's my pick in the AFC. My pick in the NFC, I'm going L.A. L.A. Really? Rams. You like the Rams? I do. You like the Rams? You, you, you think that high flying offense? You, you, they stay healthy. Todd Gurley at running back. You think slinging around all that money is good? Good for them? That yeah, that, that's one hundred and thirty five. God, that's such crazy money. Yeah, I, I think it's. Gonna I also be, don't understand what's going to be the Rams. Do Rams, Rams Aaron Rodgers. I think. I think we're. Gonna, I, I think we're going to see a Super Bowl in L.A. Okay, that's fair my, enough. That's my pick. Yeah. Uh, it's probably going to be wrong. Probably neither of those teams are going to make the playoffs. That's how this works. Usually, when we make predictions, we are so terrible at predictions. I hope for the. I hope for Philadelphia's sake that the Eagles don't go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> that city cannot Chaos. take another Super Chaos. Bowl related anything. Uh, pray for the couches, you know. Yeah, that they don't make it exactly. So you know that's that's a little bit of our thoughts on college football and the NFL. Uh, last thing before we go on this podcast, uh, Nike on Monday announced that uh, Colin Kaepernick was going to be the face of their uh, new ad campaign, and uh, th- their new ad campaign uh, launched on Monday, September thirty or September third, uh, has a uh, a picture of Colin Kaepernick, and uh, the picture essentially is asking well essentially glorifying him for standing up for his beliefs and uh, putting him on the same level as like a Muhammad Ali type uh, character. And I don't know. I think, I think this is going to have a lot of blowback um, for several reasons. One, Nike is a partner of the NFL. The NFL is obviously at odds with Colin Kaepernick. So how how does that relationship work? Uh, I don't know that you can put Kaepernick who had contract offers from Seattle and Denver on the same level as Muhammad Ali. I mean, I, I I just have a hard time with that. And then I think Nike, who stock price has been going up, um, you know, it, it, I think it's up probably about fifteen to twenty dollars per share uh, in, in the last calendar year. I think they're isolating uh, a large part of their market. You know, there there have been people that have stopped watching NFL games 
Uh, and I didn't really realize that until this weekend. I had multiple people tell me that they weren't going to watch NFL games because of the kneeling. To me, football is football. I hate the po- I hate politicizing. Well, you it. know what they're doing? They're like not showing the national anthem anymore on TV. Right, right. but they're it's still talked it about whenever you turn to ESPN, sure. whenever you turn to Fox. Like that's yeah. all you hear about, and it's so obnoxious to me. I just want to see politics out of sports, and I think Nike is putting themselves in a place where it's there's no upside to it. It is really interesting that Nike does this in the midst of ESPN you know, reportedly sort of depoliticizing the network. You know, you had the firing or the, the letting, the separation of Jamel Hill yeah, and the Google. network. Yeah. Um, and so you, you sort of, um, certainly during the Obama era, you sort of saw sports journalism kind of veer to the left in a lot of ways and get into social issues more so than maybe it historically has. Well, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of this is driven by Twitter, and I would say the majority yes, of Yes, I was just about to say Twitter. I, I feel like Nike is pandering to the blue check mark. Uh, mob well, on it's, Twitter. It's interesting because if you look at Twitter, you would assume that this country is 90% liberal, 10% uh, conservative, when in actuality it's closer to 50-50. Well, it's closer. I would, I would argue that this country is still fundamentally center-right um, overall. I, even even in even in blue states or purple states, like you know, just being in Michigan. I mean, it's not. It's. Uh, and I was in Ann Arbor. That's like you know, it's like the People's Republic of Ann Arbor, by the way. Um, I you know, you don't get that it's super. You don't get a, a vibe from talking to people there that it's super left wing. Um, that said, I, I just was passing through. But um, if you're listening to the blue check marks on Twitter, if all you're doing is looking at tweets and retweets, which I mean, let's talk about Twitter. It's like the redheaded stepchild of social media. Um, if that's all you're doing, then yeah, you're going to get the sense of how Colin Kaepernick is who you want as your PR guy. Right. That's not what most Americans want. That just, said, there just, are going to be people that it speaks to. And I, I mean, I actually kind of feel bad now because I just bought a pair of Nikes, but whatever. But, I mean, it's going to speak to some people, but you've got so many other great athletes on the roster, the Nike roster. You've got Serena Williams. I just want to know, okay, I just want to know what has, what has Colin Kaepernick accomplished? Besides, besides taking, but it's a pre, pre-political career. Right, pre 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 political career. I mean, he started out as a celebrity. He started out great. He was. Of, he was. You know, it, it was a new type of offense. It was a new look quarterback. But then we've seen over in the past that NFL has sort of adapted to the mobile what, threat quarterback. That's what, why Robert Griffin, you know, struggled. And that's why he's had to reshape himself this preseason to become a viable backup quarterback, not a starting quarterback, but a backup quarterback. Right. Well, all, I think you Kaepernick know, was in the same type boat. He didn't adjust. God, God bless Robert Griffin. I'm glad he found it. I will. I will say. I will say though. In 2011, I was working at Louisiana Tech, and uh, Kaepernick in Nevada played Louisiana Tech in football that year, and Russ in Louisiana, and I think he had something like 200, 300 yards uh, rushing or something like that. He was so much fun to watch, and I don't know. I mean, good for him for doing his own thing, but at the end of the day, I think this is a bad move from Nike. Uh, There's a quote that was falsely attributed to Michael Jordan at one point. Uh, It was that uh, Republicans wear sneakers, too. Uh, and that was, I guess, related to him back in the, I believe the 1994 election, uh, when uh, a lot of folks were trying to get him to weigh into the uh, the senatorial race in North Carolina, and he refused to do it because he, you know, wanted to protect his business, wanted to protect his brand. I, I think that the more and more that we see politics and sports intermixing. I think the 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 TV dollars are going to go away. Yeah, the, the revenue is going to go away. Well, the, well, the more people you alienate. But I want to know, like, from Nike's perspective, I, I understand 
what I understand what he represents to the political left, at least in the Twitter sphere. But what what has he accomplished? Like what like what civil rights issues has he advanced? Um, arguably, all he's done is alienate people from uh, what was America's pastime. That wasn't baseball. Maybe it will be in the future. But uh, what has he done? You know, uh, you you can't compare him to, to Malcolm X. Can't compare him to Muhammad Ali. You can't compare him to MLK. All he's done is sow division within the country's sports fans because no, no no one comes together and celebrates Colin Kaepernick, you know. And I don't think in thirty years they will either. He's yeah. he's gonna be a, a he's gonna be a showboating has been that tried to extend his his football career by getting political. I, I think that uh, there was an interesting tweet from Clay Travis, and we'll close it on this. Uh, hey Kaepernick. When will you speak out on Nike paying overseas workers less than $3 a day to make its shoes? Well, to be, to be fair, I think that $3 probably goes far there. But, you know, he, I mean, he makes a, he makes a point. Um, that, is a, that is a thing that the left likes to harp on, you know. And, and, and Jeremy, I did just get a text message and it said, tell Jeremy to stop being so triggered. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Alvin. I'm, not, I'm really not. I actually, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty agnostic about I'm pretty honest about Kaepernick. I just don't care. Um, he's, I think he's a, a goofball. And I think that if you, if you think he's important, you need to get off Twitter because he's not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Jeremy, it's been fun uh, regrouping for episode 138 of the podcast. And uh, it's always good to be back in studio talking a little sports, a little politics, that sort of thing. I want to remind our listeners out there that if you want to follow our work, you can do so by searching Weekly Brewcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Also, you can, uh, if you want to bet on sports this week, really encourage you to go to uh, betdsi.com. Use promo code BREW101 and you can get a 101% bonus. Uh, for every uh, bonus match, I'm sorry, on your money up to $1,000. Uh, great website. Jeremy and I are both on it. We really encourage you to do that as well. But, uh, Jeremy, it's been great this week. Uh, looking forward to uh, chatting more sports, more politics, more pop culture as we head into 2018 and beyond. Absolutely. It's going to be a really fascinating season um, for just about everything. But I'm really looking forward to the Astros uh, in the off season or in the postseason here season less than a month away oh, see, i know it's it's actually pretty exciting uh looking forward to that banner coming to houston once again absolutely raise that championship trophy here in houston but uh on behalf of my co-host jeremy paxton my name's austin staten we'll talk to you next week you've been listening to the weekly brew 